0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Purposely Offside. Thanks again for joining. How you boys doing today?
1: Not too bad. Feeling good here on a Monday morning. at ninety-three point three Leafs hockey is a couple of days away, so getting pretty excited about that. Like you, Jordan?
0: Like Christmas. I'm fired up, boys. Yeah, it's uh, hockey season's upon us. But I want to take this thirty minutes as much as we can of this thirty minutes uh, to talk to, to talk to our guest, very special guest uh, from Sportsnet, joining us today. Um, he's the new co-host of Sportsnet's morning show that airs from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's Scotty Mac, Scott McArthur. Everybody, welcome to the show, Scott. How are you? I'm great, boys. How are you doing?
1: Not too bad. Awesome. It's honestly incredible to have you on. Um, you're an inspiration to all of us. We've been following your career for quite a while now, so it's it's really cool to uh, to be able to talk to you on air.
2: Uh, any anybody who buys me drinks at KeyBank Arena can
0: always uh, <laughs> can always count on me to for a bit of a payback later. (laughs) You read our minds. We were actually going to start right there.
1: I was going to bring up, I'm like, Scotty, do you remember a few years ago when uh, the Leafs were probably having their worst season ever? You were kind enough to meet us on the third level of of Key Bank Arena during the intermission to talk Leafs.
2: They weren't having the worst season ever. That was the year they ended up making the playoffs but lost to Washington. That's right.
1: I thought that was 2015.
2: No, no. Freddie got hurt in that game. That's Um, right. Here I am remembering details. Leafs were down... Two nothing, they stormed back to tie it two two, and then Matt Martin took a useless uh, either neutral zone or offensive zone penalty, and Buffalo scored on the ensuing power play, scored another power play goal later. I think Eichel had like two. Evander That's Kane right. had a big night, yeah. And I was just like not in the mood, but um, yeah, no, mm-hmm. that was that was fun. Uh, we met in the uh, in the concessions there, I think, in the first intermission. So uh, uh, good memories.
0: You know why Brian thinks they had a bad season? Because they can never get a W at Key Bank Arena.
2: Oh, God. I don't know what it is. It's like you cross the border, you go into Buffalo, and maybe it's got something to do with Buffalo, right? That's it's right. It's like a
0: home game, though. I mean,
2: the only thing you don't have is last change off faceoffs, offs but, I mean, the way Leafs fans pack that place, you'd figure figured the guys would have some better results.
1: Anytime we've been there, they've lost. But I can vividly remember you coming around the corner with that vintage 2002, maybe 2003, Matt Sundin away jersey.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love how you say it's an away jersey because, of course, the blue are the home jerseys yes. now. But, yeah, I'm like, I, I stopped being jersey guy in my early 20s because my three Leafs jerseys are Sundin, Tucker, and McCabe. <laughs> and my two baseball jerseys are uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark Pryor. So that that tells you... Exactly, my vintage, and when I stop being Jersey guy.
3: Well, at least you're not, uh, you know, buying jerseys from guys getting traded or or holding out. So, that's okay. well, that's the legends. thing, right?
2: I mean, nobody sticks around. It seems long enough to invest a lot of energy. And I'm, it's almost as if if you're like a fantasy player, and a lot of us are, you root for those guys. They're your players, and then you have your favorite team. So you stick to your jerseys, but the players you hope do well are the ones that you're actually invested in. Because you got them on your fantasy roster.
0: <laughs> Brian has a Thomas Caberlet jersey. And a Brian McCabe jersey.
2: A uh, couple years ago, uh, and I, I should make it clear that we, we only went because we, we had a gift card. Um, <laughs> but we, a few of us went to Barbarians, um, you know, which is one of the most expensive steakhouses in, in, the, in Toronto. And Thomas Caberlet was having dinner at a couple tables over.
0: No way. Um,
2: I, I, you know, I love Thomas Cabrel, but I, I don't think um, if if he's still today how he looked then. I don't think Thomas could step right back onto the ice and contribute.
1: Were you wearing um, your Cabrel jersey at the time? <laughs> no,
2: no, no. I, I just I think he would have. Um, I, 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 want I, I want to uh, accuse Thomas of not enjoying life a little bit in retirement. <laughs> So.
1: I was so obsessed with Cabaret growing up that I waited outside of Best Buy in Hamilton just to get his autograph on the back of my jersey. I think I waited outside in the blizzard for about four hours just to meet Thomas.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. He was. And I, I keep thinking about this Sandine, Sandin thing going on with Rasmus Sandin, Sandin's
0: name. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah, I, this is
2: this is the first name controversy since Thomas Koberlay broke <laughs> in. It 20 was like year old in 1998 and nobody knew whether it was Koberlaw oh or Koberlay and people, I don't know if you guys remember because you're a little younger than me, but like he was he was Cabrera for a while. Oh, for yeah.
0: a while he was Koberlaw. Yeah. He was like yeah. on the weekend and then like <laughs> during the week. Yeah, <laughs> it's like
2: he, he was Dmitry Miranov one day and then Boris Miranov <laughs> the other and those two were brothers it's like well what the hell is going on like Uh, what's your name how do you want to pronounce
0: that's good stuff Scotty we're going to start with uh, a little bit about your career uh, and and basically how you got into sports broadcasting I'm sure a lot of people listening to our show know who you are uh, those that listen to our podcast know who who you are uh, but tell us how you got into sports broadcasting in the first place
2: well, I always knew I wanted to do it. Um when I was eight years old, I, I my brother's four years younger than me, so you know, eight, nine, ten years old, he'd be four, five, six. I'd take him out into the backyard in the summer and I'd be the Blue Jays and he would be the team I would tell him to be. I'm um, the older brother I got to pick. <laughs> and, and and we would play a game one on one. And it was less about what happened in the game and more about me wanting to describe what happened in the game. Same thing on the driveway in winter playing road hockey. I'd be the Leafs. He would be the team I would tell him to be, and I would do play by play of, of what we were doing. So it was in my blood that far back. Um, we moved, uh, just a few blocks away into a newer development, but we moved a month shy of my 12th birthday. And so this is like may of 1991. And when I hear the primetime sports jingle, I'm taken back to the kitchen and dinner hour of the house we left before I turned 12. And Bob McCowan uh, was a huge influence on my love for broadcasting, my interest in, in getting into it. So those are a couple of childhood memories I have. I ended up going to school in Ottawa, Algonquin College. I took the radio broadcasting program. And out of that, I had a job behind the scenes at what was then the Team 1200 at the end of first semester, so around Christmas of 2000. And my first shift, I would hit commercials every 20 minutes from 10 p.m. on a Saturday night until 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And so you, you know want to talk about putting a crank in your social life, stuff like that. My classmates were out drinking or partying, and I couldn't join them on Saturday nights because I had to work, but I knew that that was my way in. Team 1200 is a sister station to 580 CFRA, which is a news talk radio station up in Ottawa. And by the time I graduated in the spring of 2002, I was reading newscasts on CFRA. And out of that, I started to have carrots dangled in front of my face on the sports side on the air on Team 1200. And that slowly grew. I volunteered at Rogers Television Station up in Ottawa and became the host of Ottawa 67's hockey so i'm reading the news monday to friday now by this point afternoon drive on cfra i am doing an occasional fill-in show on team 1200 on the weekends and i'm hosting 67's hockey on rogers television so that is keeping me more than busy enough and in the fall of 2006 uh, which would turn out to be the 0607 season when the senators made the stanley cup final loss to anaheim I was paired with a former Leaf and an Ottawa area guy, Mike Eastwood. And we started hosting the post-game call-in show. So I was reading my Monday to Friday news shift in the afternoons. And then I was hosting the post-game call-in show on nights the Senators played. From the studio, so it was a walk across the hall if they were on the road. But if they were at home, I'd drive all the way out to Kanata, which is why I can vouch for how badly located that arena is. (laughs) I would drive out to Kanata. Uh, watch the game with Mike in the press box, go down to a restaurant on the main level, do the show. And we did that all the way up until 2010-2011. In the final year, 10-11, I actually was the full host of Ottawa Senators Hockey. I left the newsroom. I did the two-hour pregame show, intermissions, two-hour postgame show with Mike. And then in April 2011, I moved home to Toronto to help launch TSN 1050 and that's probably where you guys get more familiar with my career by 2013 I was a reporter covering the Blue Jays uh by 20 late 2016 early 2017 I did the Scott MacArthur show on 1051 to 4 Monday to Friday and then in uh, march of this year I moved over to Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590 the Fan so for the sake of brevity that's what I'll give you right now there's a much much longer story but uh, but I think that more or less covers the nuts and bolts of it.
3: Now, take us through the like the transition from like the Ottawa market to coming home to the Toronto market. Like a lot of people know you know very well how intense this market can be for any, following any team. Um, but just sort of take us through the transition, like going from a I don't wanna say a smaller market in Ottawa to you know the mecca of, of sports media in Toronto.
2: Oh, it's definitely a smaller market, Ottawa. It's a mid-market in Canada. I, w- I would say, really, there's there's one massive market. That's Toronto. And then if you want to, say, beneath that, major markets would, would be Vancouver and, and Montreal. And then and then you get mid-markets like Ottawa, Edmonton, Calgary, um, you know, on and on. The, I mean, there was competition up in Ottawa. Obviously, there was TSN. There was Sportsnet. Um, radio stations at, at the time, or uh, print journalism was thriving more then than it obviously is now, and so there was greater competition in in that realm, too. Uh, but in, in a smaller market like that, it always felt like we were just kind of one little group that, that got to know each other really well and sort of understood what we all did. Here in Toronto, one of the first things I did, because when I Started at TSN 1050, I was co-hosting the evening show with Jim Taddy, which afforded me the opportunity each morning to go out to the MasterCard Center and watch Leafs practices or skates. And I did that not because I had some massive brainwave and was like, geez, that seems like a good idea. I did that really out of habit because that's what I used to do when I covered the Senators. I'd go to their practices every morning or morning skates on game days if they were at home. It was just what I was accustomed to. But what ended up happening naturally is that by going to all those leaks practices, I got to know the entire Toronto media. You know, I, I became friends with Steve Simmons. I got to know Bruce Arthur and Dave Festchuk mm-hmm. and Mark Swalinski. And I got to know the TSNers uh, who were colleagues. I got to know the Sportsnet people that I hadn't met prior to moving to Toronto. So all of a sudden, I became a familiar face, and and they became familiar faces to me. Um, I, you know, I, I think our industry is in a place where yes, there is there's competition. You want to be right about the story, and you also want to be first on the story. But I also think we all in this industry understand what it is that we do, and we're all hoping um, that we survive, that this business uh, adjusts of the massively changing landscape and that it does so effectively and efficiently enough uh, to keep us all employed uh, for as mm-hmm. long as possible. Yeah. And so in that way, uh, while we do compete and we all want to be the best at what we do, we all understand the nature of the situation. And and so I you know, never feel good when I see people lose their job um, because I know that chances are as likely that it could be me as anyone else next. So, um, and and the other thing with Toronto is that you you have the Maple Leafs and you have the Raptors. No other city in this country has an NBA franchise. No other city in this country has a Major League Baseball franchise. The Blue Jays are that, you know, on a slightly lower scale, but, uh, you know, no less important Toronto FC – Uh, is an MLS Cup winner in 2017. That's a big deal. Uh, There are, uh, despite rumors to the contrary, uh, a select few people who still do watch the Argonauts, and and I know that they've won a couple of great cups this decade. So Mm -hmm. there's just like, it's a thriving city, and it's got sports out the wazoo. You can't get bored here. So it's just the magnitude of everything. This is the city to be in, Um, and I'm pretty thankful I'm a part of it.
1: So, Scott, you are a true professional. I have a question for you because I don't think I'd be able to do it. Was it difficult to live in Ottawa and discuss the Senators all the time, being a Leafs fan?
2: No. Uh, and, and the reason it wasn't is because the shows that I host were, uh, to this day, uh, are not about me. Um, I am speaking to one other person or, you know, generally speaking, an audience, but as a radio show host, you are, if you're being taught properly, you're being told you're speaking to one other person. There could be four people in a car listening to you, but each has his or her own set of ears. So you are speaking to one person. And when I was in Ottawa, I would always envision the fact that I'm speaking to a senator's fan. A senator's fan uh, not only doesn't care that, well, actually, you know what, probably a senator's fan would care if I was an overt Leafs homer in their city right so i had a job to do i never waved the pom-poms uh for the senators i'm not gonna lie uh when the leafs would come in on saturday nights and three quarters of what was then Scotiabank place were full of blue jerseys and the leafs would score i would put one arm under the desk in the press box <laughs> and pump my fist just a little bit but i did it very covertly Mike Eastwood used to tease me all the time because one of the first things I said to him when we met in the fall of 06 was, you've got to tell me all about 1993 because he was on those 93 and 94 Western Conference final Maple Leafs playoff teams. So, and so he knew I love the Leafs. Uh, and he would always wink or, in commercial breaks, threaten to out me um, as a Leafs fan, but of course never would. But it was always something in a joking way to hold over my head. So I just, I just, I always stayed objective. I tried to reflect the energy and the excitement of the city, particularly in the spring of 2007 when they made the cup final. I had a job to do, and my job was more important than any personal feelings I may have had about one team or another.
1: So that was right around the time where Danny Heatley, Alfredson, and Spezza were just rinsing the Leafs like 8 oh. nothing.
2: Oh, I uh, hated those
1: like
2: days. Like 6-1. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and... You know, Pat Quinn. Actually, Pat Quinn had left after 05, 06. So that was those were the Paul Maurice teams, and then the Ron Wilson teams. And we don't need to yeah. you know, delve <laughs> much further into all. that era because I'll start getting That's my right. kickback. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, those are those are good days. I, I mean, I always look back. I think we all do, um, and you guys will as you get older uh, and approach the age I'm at now, which is 40. Always look back on those days. Like geez, I can't believe that was all more than ten years ago. Now I, I can't believe. Feels like it was yesterday. That's right. But I have I have all great memories of all that stuff.
0: I think the Leafs went throughout my whole high school and university career no playoffs. It was, I was getting chirped pretty hard back then. But right, well,
2: <laughs> I I lived because I moved up to Ottawa in the fall of '98. So I actually lived up there for all four of the Maple Leafs playoff series wins over the Senators. Oh, wow. So I was the guy, because our office was right, our studios were right in the heart of the Byward Market, right downtown. I was the guy on a Saturday or Sunday morning after a Leafs playoff victory strutting to the Tim Hortons on Rideau Street, <laughs> uh, which, if you know anything about Rito Street, is taking your life into your own hands, whether or not you're wearing a <laughs> Maple Leafs jersey. But the fact that I was wearing one, I was getting some pretty cross-eyes and side-eyes and, and all of that. But I, I I, I mean, no, nothing was better for me than that 2001, which was a uh, playoff series, which was the second of the four, where the Senators had, because back then you played your division rivals eight times in the regular season. That's right. The Senators yeah. went 8-0 against the Leafs. The Leafs yeah. went 0-7-1. They got one game to overtime. But that's where... Sundine and overtime of a scoreless game one, went bar down Barred on Patrick McLean. Yeah. That's right. And then they won game two, and they took it back to Toronto and ended up sweeping them. And I remember I was in college at Algonquin College at the time, and me and a couple of other Leafs fans just did the Vince McMahon power walk <laughs> right, into, right into class one day with our jerseys on. And, man, like just watching the Senators fans not have a response was... Such an important part of my life's development, and I cherish it, cherish it to this day. I'll never, never forget it.
0: Can't tell you how much I really appreciate the Vince McMahon yeah, walk in. Out. That's, oh. that's amazing. Um, yeah. Scott, we got to talk some Mitch Marner, uh, some Leafs with you. Um, there's been bridge signings of uh, Brock Besser, Braden Point, uh, Kachuk, and a lot of people um, out there that we've talked to, even amongst us, have some different opinions obviously on the Marner deal. Um, do you think the Leafs overpaid for Mitch Marner?
2: Well, I don't think there's any question that they did, yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see how this experiment works, because Kyle Dubas, and it's funny how all of this always plays out. I mean, Kyle Dubas is either going to be the genius um, or the guy who uh, most, if not all of us, will look back in hindsight as, as having completely... Uh, completely set this thing on fire uh, i just the fact that the fact that four guys account for half the salary cap this year is pretty astounding and mm-hmm. when you factor in um the fact that three of their top among their top paid defensemen are going to be unrestricted free agents next year in in uh barry muzzin and cc you start to ask yourself all right how's this going to look and people who right. say well you know, there'll be Travis Dermott and Morgan Riley still locked in, and then we'll just run out uh, Sandin and Lillia oh, Okay, that's great. So let's have a conversation about a contending team having at least half of its back end, 22 years of age and younger, and right. how do we feel about that? Did he overpay for Marner? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, but here's the thing. He hooped himself, in my opinion, when he let William Nylander win that bargaining process, because right. Nylander was the first. Right. We all knew we all knew that Austin was going to get his money Mm -hmm. when, when William Nylander was able to wait, 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 right up until the end. And that number kept going up, 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 and up as October and November went by, uh, you don't think Mitch Marner's looking at this saying, all right, you paid John Tavares 11 million bucks. And you know, Tavares a hell of a hockey player. He's been known to lift up wingers his entire career. He Mm. had a, major role to play in it but right. i don't think mitch marner looks at it and says i i i help johnny with a couple of easy tap-ins uh, throughout the course of the season so Tavares gets his money austin gets what what he's worth and william nylander uh watches the weight game pay off for him do you think that kyle dubas and the toronto maple leafs were in a position to make out of all of these guys mitch marner the example
0: yeah. no 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 if,
2: if 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 you're going to make an example of how you intend to do business, you do it with the first guy, For sure. whoever that is. And given that the first guy was Nylander, I would argue that that was the right guy to, to hold firm up. For sure. And they didn't do it. And, and so now this is where we live. Um, I have thrown the opinion out there, and I'm more than happy to be wrong if I am proven to be. But considering the need of the back end, considering that uh, next summer, considering that Freddie is unrestricted two summers from now and Morgan is unrestricted three summers from now, it would not surprise me if one of the four is not a Leaf this time next year. And I would put money on it being 88. (laughs) uh, But again, I am more than happy to be proven wrong because it's just an opinion.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't see how they can go forward and keep all four guys. And I would agree with you. I would say Nylander would be the odd guy out. And I agree with everything that you just said. Um, let's go to Austin Matthews. Uh, okay. We, we have the allegations of him, uh, the reports that came out today of him uh, trying to break into a you know, a security guard's car and the whole mooning incident. Um, do you think this hurts Matthews' chances at being the next captain of the Leafs?
2: Well, I think that it should. Um I you know, look it is interesting to me the lament of a certain portion of the fan base that says boys will be boys well mm-hmm. we were all kids once and we all did stupid things um whether it was ripping down street signs um or drinking too much and inventing new places to puke um but I don't think most of us have Tried to strike, uh, intentionally or not. And look, drunkenness can can cause stupidity, mm-hmm. so can entitlement and 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 arrogance and all that comes with being extremely rich at an extremely young age before your prefrontal cortex is fully developed. Um, but I don't think a lot of us have have gone to the extent uh, that it is alleged Matthews went to. And you know, some people say, well, you can. This wouldn't have been a big deal 20 years ago. Well, you know what? We don't live in the world we lived in 20 years ago, and thank God for that. Right. Um, Where women used to go to work and um, be sexually objectified at the will of thirsty, pathetic, middle-aged men who can't help themselves constantly. Uh, That's just not acceptable. Um, In this particular event, this woman was scared. Mm Mm-hmm. She was alone, uh, to my understanding, and she was approached by a group of guys. Yeah. Alone, a woman alone, approached by a group of guys. Yeah. So let's all step back for a second, forget that Austin Matthews is the best player on our favorite team. Mm-hmm. Let's all take a deep breath and put ourselves in that woman's shoes in that moment for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And consider what it would feel like, and that's where I come down on it. I is this the most disgusting and heinous crime ever perpetrated by man? Of course, it's not. Is there an element of boys being boys? Yes, but that is not a good enough reason or excuse to excuse it. And um, clearly, Austin has a bit of growing up to do.
3: I think you you really nailed it on the head there, Scott. I think a lot of people are just seeing it as, uh, like you mentioned, the boys will be boys perspective. And no, no, people are
2: seeing but, it as how does this affect my favorite hockey
3: team? Yes, sure. that. Exactly. and they're not they're avoiding or they're not thinking about the other end in terms of right. that. You know, this woman and that was and, an and
2: if Austin Matthews played for the Montreal Canadiens, how would Leaf fans yeah. feel about it? What opinions would 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 we hold? Um, it's it's we've got to get past in in the broader spectrum of life when stuff like this comes up. We've got to get past how does this affect the blue and white jersey with the, with, with the Maple Leaf crest on it. For sure. We, we've got to, you know, and again, I'm not here to impugn Austin. I don't think this has to destroy his career. Uh, just in the very same way, I don't think Kevin Pillar calling um, an Atlanta Braves pitcher two years ago, a homophobic slur, has to define Kevin Pillar for the rest of his life. It doesn't in my mind today, and that was only a little more than two years ago. What I'm saying is, though, Austin screwed up, and there needs to be some accountability for it. And given that there are options that are as good or arguably better than Austin to wear the C to the extent that we care about these things, and I don't care about letters on hockey jerseys at all, Mm -hmm. uh, but some people do, uh, given that there are other options that are just as good or better, go with one of those options that are just as good or better. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you see the Leaf stepping in and uh, you know disciplining Austin, whether suspension, you know anything on that, on that end?
2: Well, I think I think you got to let the the legal stuff play out. Um, I would I would like to believe that there would be some form of discipline. I mean, if Evgeny if Kuznetsov. Uh, has got what three games out of the gate this year for for snorting cocaine. Well, mm-hmm. okay. The only thing Evgeny Kuznetsov did there was get caught. Um, uh, because if if you, me, or anybody else sits here and thinks Evgeny Kuznetsov is the only NHL player who hasn't gone skiing, um, <laughs> then then you can yeah. wallow and and mire in your own ignorance and. Um, if Kuznetsov is harming himself, he's harming himself. He's not scaring the daylights out of someone else. Um, and, and so if the National Hockey League is going to give a guy a three-game suspension for testing positive for an illegal drug, uh, then it should also stand to reason that the league punish a player who, if, if Austin is convicted or if, I don't know what it's like in the United States, but in the Osuna case up here in Canada, If you were to sign something like a peace bond, which is not an acknowledgment of guilt, but effectively admitting, look, I don't want to take this any further, clearly something happened. Um, Then I do think that some level of discipline, doesn't have to be overly harsh, doesn't have to be a crazy number of games, but some level of discipline has to to be levied.
1: Scott, time is of the enemy right now, but uh, before we wrap up, Anytime anything has ever come up in sports, my first thought is, I wonder what Scotty Mack has to say about that. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to actually be able to ask you the questions that, that we have, but you've always been willing to answer uh, tweets and, and direct messages and whatnot. That leads me to, how's the chemistry been with your, uh, your new co-host, um, Mike Zygamandes in uh, docking?
2: Well, we're, we're just getting started, but I, I was really excited when this came together because I, I had an opportunity to work for a number of weeks with Mike uh, consecutively, and I really felt like we grew as a team as the days went by. And I had two weeks, um, two separate weeks, one each, um, one in July, one in August, opportunity to work with Ashley um, there was a third, Justin Bourne, Donovan Bennett, Steve Dangle were in with us at different times. But I really, I, I, five minutes into my first shift with Ashley, having never been in studio with her before in a co-hosting role, I was like, I, got, I get what she's about. I think she's great. She's a brilliant broadcaster. She is really, really smart. And she is very relatable to the younger end of our demographic in the way that she speaks, in the way that she frames her arguments. In in her sense of humor, Um, Mike, of course, having won a Stanley Cup with the 09 Penguins, played a little bit for the Maple Leafs, brings uh, that sort of um, that sort of vibe, that sort of credibility. And it's really just my job to sit back, make sure the show flows and uh, contribute where I can. But I'm so excited to be working with both of them because they're uh, they're both really engaging people. And I I hope listeners enjoy what they hear.
0: Scotty, thanks again for joining us. I think I speak for all of us here uh, that say that you inspire us in a variety of different ways uh, with everything. Uh, your sports broadcasting, uh, your story that came out uh, inspires us, inspires a lot of people. Uh, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to do this again. Yeah, Go.
2: please, guys, call anytime. I appreciate the kind words.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks we'll, so much uh, we'll see Scotty. you at Key Bank in a, in luck a couple of
0: weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. I'll, I'll run into you in the concession. Sounds good.
1: Right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Okay, guys. Thanks. See you. That was Scotty Mack on Purposely Offside. We don't have much time, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. Take care. See ya.
3: Just wrapped up with Sportsnet's Scotty Mack. And that was a, a hell of an interview with a, with an overall great guy. Um, the new co-host of the morning show on The Fan. Um, starting Mondays from 6 to 9. Gents, how about oh, that?
1: I'm still fired up. I'm still on such a high from that. Like, What a great guy. Yeah. Just unbelievable, down-to-earth.
0: Unbelievable answers. Well, like, so in-depth.
1: And it's... It's funny to think that like you mentioned March of 2018 or 2019. 2019, yeah. You invite us, invited uh, Jordan and I over, and we sat in your living room with, uh, with another friend of ours and started our first ever podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I went to go buy a microphone at Best Buy for like 80 bucks. Because we've been talking, I mean, me and you s- podcasted like back 2013, in 2013, I think, uh, you know, we co- Leafs Talk 30. And we always talked about how we got to get it going again. We used to literally record it from my iPhone. And then what I bought a I bought a mic this year and I'm like, "Yo, we got, let's get this podcast thing going again." And then we did, doing it in my living room. You get a deal or you get a um, gig down here at Mac. We got a whole studio and today we had
3: Scott MacArthur on our show. It's quite something. I think it that just goes to show the just like how huge and like broad Media and like podcasting is now like I know yeah. that that was that was recorded mainly for a radio show, but just like with how advanced technology's become in terms of podcasting and just being able to reach out to people, uh, at just what seems like a stone's throw with you know all the messaging apps and social media, it's it's just crazy that you can you can get someone with you know just like the the persona like Scotty Mac on our show.
0: And this is not a one-time thing, guys. Scott MacArthur will be back on. We also got. Brian Hayes of TSN 1050 coming on. That's another one of Brian's. Uh, Brian, Brian Brian Brian's been hustling. We're man. plugging. He's got Carlo Colea of TSN coming on. Wow! All right, we got tons more guests coming on, and we hope we can they can continue to join us throughout the year and throughout um, this hockey season.
1: There's been some dark days for us. We've still been able to put together a podcast and a 30 minute show. Yeah. But there's not much going on in the middle of
0: July. No, and it, this is prime time, right? People love when we talk leaps and talk hockey. And now we're back into that routine in doing so. We don't have to go uh, do impromptu s uh, students of service uh, interviews <laughs> like we were doing in August. We can actually get into some real stuff, some real stuff, some real sports issues. And there's tons right now, tons. Where do you guys want to start? Should we, we start Mitch? We, we covered
3: Potted since he started or you want to go? with You know Austin?
0: what? Let's start with Captain Underpants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, if, if you obviously listen to the Scotty Mack interview, I agree wholeheartedly with everything he said.
0: Yeah.
1: No questions about it. I don't think it has an impact on the captaincy. That's maybe the only disagreement I think I would have. They, I think they've made up their mind now. They've stated they're going to announce a captain before the season starts. Season starts in a week. I don't think they're going to change their mind now with a week to go. If it was Riley, if it was Tavares, their mind's been made up. If it's Matthews, they'll come up with some sort of PR stunt to maybe divert the attention away from that, announce him as captain.
3: But do you think that's right? You think it's right to do?
1: I don't think it's right. I just think that's the direction they're going to go in.
3: I, I disagree in that part with their direction because I don't think it's going to be Austin.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it is either. I'm just saying, if it is him, they're not going. To, I don't think they're going to change their mind.
3: I think you're going to see a media shitstorm if that happens. All right. So Especially let's
0: uh, let's recap just for those listening that are not aware Maybe of this. Context, I mean, if you're not aware of the situation, then you know, go through uh, go through the newspaper or Score Mobile. Um, it's pretty big news. Austin Matthews has been charged in Arizona. Um, he was intoxicated with a few friends around 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, they tried to break in, or surprise, I should say, a security guard um, wherever they were. I don't know if it was a condo or a hotel, whatever it was. Um, they, they thought it would be funny to tug on the handle of the car to try to, quote-unquote, scare the person and, and get a reaction out of her, out of the female security guard. Um Security guard approaches, Austin Matthews and the guys say, says she's a former vet, right guys? Former yeah, vet who we'll has so. severe PTSD. And then Austin Matthews walks away, pulls down his pants and grabs his butt cheeks. And that's the end of that.
1: I, I don't know what was what okay. he think, was thinking.
3: Well, he was drunk. Now, so clearly he wasn't thinking much. Well, he
0: yeah, exactly. He was s- sauced, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, when did he get his deal, by the way? Mid last year? year, Two years ago? No, no, no. Like, when did Austin Matthews sign his five year, $11 million deal?
3: It was before last season.
0: Because this happened May 26th. This happened May 26th. Was it. Someone look that up because I'm uh, I'm trying to make a point on that after. Anyway, look that up. Anyway, so, I mean, timing is everything. The Leafs are, you know, they they settled the Mitch Marner thing, the contract. He agreed to six years, uh, 11 point uh 11 point no sorry 10.8 million dollars but now the issue is the captaincy brian you got it for us
1: february 5th 2019 is Is when it was announced about the deal yeah
3: so mid-season oh i thought it was later than that wasn't this yeah wasn't it just before the all-star break which
0: about his five-year deal
3: yeah
0: oh wow so it was in february yeah
3: Okay. February fifth being midseason
0: anyway point is this guy got paid so he's probably going out with his buddies in Arizona celebrating a little bit dinners on me but he makes a bad decision and now we look we're in a place where we talked about this back maybe three four weeks ago I don't there's a few guys I'd pick instead of Mitch Marner to be the captain of the Leafs sorry instead of uh, Austin Matthews to be the captain of the Leafs but my my feeling is that it is Austin Matthews because he is the face of the franchise. He's actually one of the faces of the NHL. U.S. hockey makes sense. But now we're in a situation where this bad decision by Austin Matthews might might affect his captaincy.
1: I think it passes just as the Kane situation did when he beat up that cab driver. But Kane still gets ripped on for it.
0: And he wasn't a captain. He was never made a captain.
1: So I feel uh, this is obviously a far larger. Chicago is a big hockey market. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Kane was in the spotlight as much as Austin Matthews is right now with a possible captaincy coming. I agree. So I think it'll eventually pass. He needs to apologize. He'll probably do some community service or something like that. Right. He'll probably have to pay a fine of some sort. If I were him, I'd fly directly down to Scottsdale and apologize to her.
0: Well, and that's the thing right now. All we know now, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, September 25th. So who knows what will happen by the time uh, we air this podcast. Today, though, on Wednesday, September 25th, Austin did talk to the media today. He says... I mean, he's not admitting anything, right? Because I think it's it's lawyers talking through
3: Austin well, he's Matthews. Still, he's still going through he's going through he the, the whole process. The process.
0: Yeah, he's going through the whole process. So he's not apologizing yet. That might be a step he needs to take. But if you're the Leafs, like what do you do? Because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you give him the captaincy, it's almost like you're rewarding for bad behavior. If you don't give him the captaincy, now you gotta convince your fans and the public that you didn't give him the captaincy. Or that he was not given the captaincy because of this incident. So if Riley gets the captaincy, how do you convince people that, like... How do you convince people that, oh, we were thinking Riley the whole time?
3: I don't well, think you I can. Think I think well, it's, just, it's like the second option. Unless they were. <laughs> That's the only other but option. But how do you, conv- they, they would never how do you convince
0: people otherwise? Because people be are going to call up.
3: BS on that. You say we weren't. People are going to. I don't to. think people will buy it. You can speculate. I don't think, think anyone
1: will. But I think upper management will just say... They can believe what they want to believe. We had the decision it. made in whatever time. That's it. And we we stuck by it and this is the direction we're going in. And if if people call it, them out for lying, if, what are we going to what are, what are they going to do?
3: If it's truthful and they had their mind made up even before this came out, apparently they didn't even know about it. Babcock was and saying they And I'm had no so idea. surprised about that. Um, I don't believe that. Then yeah, I don't know. Then, it's- you know, they are obviously going to be truthful about it and they're going to continue to deny, deny, deny because they actually had their mind made up. But, I mean, and it came out today, like I, I just mentioned, Babcock apparently said he had no idea about it. This is the first time this is coming up. He- in his mind, if he, if his mind was set on Matthews being the captain, does he go back and say, hmm, the dilemma that we're in? And, of course, it this has to happen a week before the season starts. So they're trying to ramp up and go on a run here. And now this, this noise comes about. It's unnecessary. And timing is, like I said, timing is everything. It always yep. seems like these things come up at the perfect time. Cause when did this happen? May.
1: This, this in happened, May. I don't understand in May. why was it's tw- just was coming on now. Was it 2018 out? or was it
0: 2019? 26,
1: 2019. That's where I'm confused. I, I
0: thought it was 2018. No, no, this like, is 2019. Were the
1: charges just laid or was the charge made in May and it's just coming to light now, which I, I'd be confused about.
0: I think it's just coming to light now but the charges were always there it's just about uh gaining evidence i believe and apparently there's a video
1: of him walking down with down the street with his pants apparently down. so it's oh. all
0: but that's what i mean like this is why it goes through an investigation because the timing's a little funny how do you not hear about this how does no one hear about this but it comes out a week before the season and when the leafs are trying to pick their next captain like it just seems all too convenient um i don't think this person is lying about what Austin matthews did uh, but we'll see. That's why there is an investigation. It's just that the issue of the captaincy is so appealing. Because if they had their mind made up about Matthews the whole time, how do you go through with giving him the captaincy? It ju- I, I just think it sets a bad example. And and Dubis already has the reputation of being too exactly. kind to his players, yes. giving them all the dollars they want. They talked on Overdrive um, last week that Dubis needs to be more ruthless. I don't know if you guys heard yeah. this or Hayes Brian Hayes was talking and the boys were talking about this on 1050 is this where dubis can be a little ruthless and say you know we don't stand for that
3: don't pick your We need a more now. mature captain I think don't I think do they that have now. to I think they have to you have to you got to set an example for the community you got you got to set an example for the team and you got to set an example for the league I think they have to step in and, and this this is a, de- a deciding factor on whether he was getting the captaincy and you know it's unfortunate that it it came about this way, but again, your your actions and well, think about it this way: you're the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You are held to the in the highest regard in Toronto, NHL. In Canada, in the NHL, in your community, regardless of age. It's you're still held in that regard, and if you're a captain of, in what most people say is the hockey mecca. I know Max Domi or whatever the hell he wants to say about <laughs> Montreal, but in Toronto. You got to have a leader that is held to that highest regard, and and I think he really, really. I, I think he blew it in this case, and it was unfortunate that at the completely wrong time. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they can. I don't think they can name him.
1: The only thing I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories, obviously, but I've always wondered all summer why haven't they? If if they say that they've they have their minds made up for a captain, why haven't they named one yet? it can sort of make sense now that maybe upper management was aware of the incident back in May and they maybe wanted to see how the investigation played out before they make their final decision. Do you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if let's say in June, they're like, okay, we're going to name Austin Matthews captain. Then they got wind of what was going on. Maybe that's what the delay was for. Like so,
0: so then basically they lied today, if that's true, right? They lied well, today. They Babcock said
1: he didn't know, but I don't think he was speaking on behalf of like I don't think Dubas or Shanahan have come out yet and made a statement.
0: Elliot Friedman on uh, Tim and Sid today, September 25th, said that they, uh, the Leafs, didn't know. Again, that's he's a pretty respectable source in, in the uh, sports broadcaster business. But how I know like that's how do you not know this? Unless
1: the, unless the charge just went through, then because I don't think Matthews would call up. Shanahan at the end of May and be like, hey, guess what? A few days ago, I pulled my pants down and moved somebody. Do you know what I mean? He probably just either forgot about it because he was too greased or thought, no one will ever see the light of day on this. Yeah. And, well, and maybe decided, you know what? I'll just keep my mouth shut.
3: Well, speaking of that, Bob McKenzie tweeted out yesterday his like court summons or thing uh, showing the history of it. So, in terms of the case activity, They are talking about when the summons was issued, uh, motions for pre-trial. He got notice of appearance to um, uh, attend a a court date. This was all taking place in like end of July and mid-August. Really? So So it leads me to believe that either one, the Leafs knew about it and they hit it until they found out more. Or two, Austin Matthews hit it from the Leafs. Right, and didn't say anything, and then it came out, and he had to tell them. Could potentially make sense, so the Leafs you know, didn't know because a lot, a they're, so focused, man, Marner, but, right? they're yeah. so
0: focused on Marner, right? They're so focused on Marner, and maybe, maybe you know, he has, he has an agent, obviously Austin Matthews. Um, maybe they're like, you know what? There's a good chance we can keep this under the table with Marner not signing a deal. So don't say anything. So it's it's kind of hard to. It's so hard. It's to so speculate. hard to speculate you know, what yeah. exactly. Who knew and, and who didn't know? You yeah. know what I mean? Here's my take on the whole captaincy. Um, if we, we, you know, we're Leaf fans. We don't like the Montreal Canadiens. But I think one thing the Montreal Canadiens do a good job at is respecting the legacy of the captaincy. For sure. Right? I think the Leafs crapped on that when they made Dion Phaneuf captain. It's been lost. It's, it has yeah. been lost. So this is a big this is a big decision. This is a big deal. And I think we can all agree that Austin Matthews could be a captain one day, but just like the 2015 federal election, when Justin Trudeau was coming up as prime minister and the whole ad where maybe he's not just ready. (laughs) Maybe that's the case with Austin Matthews. Maybe he's not ready yet as a 21 year old. And maybe you defer to, you know, a 24 year old vet. I can solidly say that. Sorry. In Morgan Riley. Or maybe you go with a 28 year old John Tavares who's been a captain, former in the captain, and who has been a former captain. That's right.
3: Does everything right every day, just as Mike Babcock has described an ideal captain, and who has really has a spotless reputation My, in the NHL. Aust- so. Austin
0: Matthews might be the the obvious decision,
3: but maybe he's not the right one. I think it would be very tough to name a young captain in this market. Why give him the pressure? I think it's a good problem see, to have. You see it what's is. going on yeah. with Connor you McDavid in Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, you talk about like they and they come up with like, the history of like young, you know, youngest captains in the NHL. He had guys like Sid, uh, Gretzky, um, Connor McDavid, things like that. Like those are guys that were, that were kind of in smaller Taves. markets. Taves was uh, named Somewhat pretty young mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's a big market, but I mean, this is Toronto. Like we always talk about it; it's a completely different market. And you know, maybe the Leafs need a proven veteran leader to, to handle this, and I, I think it's it might be showing TED right now.
1: What makes more news? Matthew's getting Captain, or Matthew's not getting captain. What's spoken about Oof. more?
3: I think, I think Matthew's getting Captain would be more spoken about spoken about. Yeah. I
0: don't that's a tough question, yeah. bro.
3: Because I don't I know. think they're both I, yeah.
0: synonymous with each other, right?
1: I feel if Tavares or O'Reilly were named Captain. That would that wouldn't be the focus. I don't think that would be the focus amongst fans and media. I think the focus would be, yeah, Riley's captain. Why didn't Matthews get it?
0: Yeah.
3: Well, I think people have a, a reason for that. Like they know why he didn't get it. But you can't now flip it on Ted. If if he does get named captain, that's all anyone's talking about. Him yeah. And the pros and cons of him getting it if you have a guy like a proven veteran getting it they'll be like all right you know let's put the a bit of the focus on them and rightfully so they deserve to be named it whoever it is um and there will be talk obviously about you know what if you know did they did they do this yeah regardless there's going to be talk about austin matthews whether it's good news bad news everything in between that's just how it is in Toronto. And
0: that's why I said it's a damned if you do, damned if it you is, don't situation. Yeah, because right. because uh, I'm going to say, these these stars for the Leafs are amazing. Can't wait to watch them play this year. It's great to have this influx of talent on the team. But boy, are they making Kyle Dubas's life a living hell. Like, even this decision for captaincy. It could be as easy as just saying Austin Matthews. Okay, great. And people are already going to have their opinions when, without this, uh, these allegations about him being captain. But now you're making it that much more difficult for the guy. It almost makes you think, like, did the Leafs buy in on Dubis a little too early?
1: Yes. That's what I've been saying forever. And everyone called me out on it. Now if you go through Twitter and you start reading comments, everyone's echoing the statements I made two years ago. Finally. Finally, how would Lou handle this situation? Not like this. There wouldn't be any of this nonsense. I don't even think Tim Hunter would would put up with this garbage.
0: And you're and you're you're including contract negotiations in that right?
1: contracts, captaincy. They the Leafs management wouldn't be walked over, and they're being walked over right now. And it's frustrating as a fan.
0: And and you know what we we talk we're in a WhatsApp group by the way. You know we, we talk about these issues a lot, and I hear both sides. Right, like we went th- and we talked to Scotty Mack about this. We went through some. Dark ass days. Real bad. Like <laughs> we're <Walleen> bad. <laughs> like really, really bad days. And now it's like, yeah, it's awesome. We got so much talent. But I don't know, like is deferring to a a, a young early thirty general manager at a time when negoti or when negotiations and contracts are coming up captaincy has to be decided
1: i should is say is this that, something for lou to handle or would lou be more suited to handle these things at the time given that there were there were never any issues with the leafs everything was smooth sailing i didn't see the point of disrupting that to let lou walk and bring in another general manager with zero experience
3: but did he want to move on let him then then, I, who, it, then who are you going after
0: just want to make it clear i'm not knocking kyle dubas He's done a lot of great things. I yeah. can admit that. This is not a he, knock on Kyle Dubas. This is a critical perspective on, on you know should they put Dubas in this situation or should they have put Dubas in this situation in the very first place because they had an experienced guy running the club.
1: I, do, I just don't think at the time, given the ongoing success and the Leafs are taking steps every year with Lou in charge – and there was just a certain, like, this, this respect amongst the organization that even fans could feel that players respected management. They may have not agreed with a lot of the things they did with the whole beard thing and long hair or whatever, but they all bought in.
0: But they respected that. They respected I tell you, they it. They didn't like it, but they respected it.
1: They, they knew that if they got out of line, they're out. They're gone. No questions asked. You're gone or you're on Robot Island. We'll find a place for you to go. You're not going to be in Toronto. That doesn't exist anymore. I feel like the tides have turned. And it's the players that are running the show now, not it, management. But it's you,
0: almost like you had a veteran teacher at your high school that know what that everyone knew not to screw with, and they just threw the supply teacher yeah. in there and everyone's skipping class. Seriously. That's and, a really good uh, analogy. You know what I mean? Like it's it almost has that feel to it. Like he's trying to be buddy buddy with all the players, but this is a negotiation, man. But do you do that to the detriment of your hockey team? Though? No, and like, maybe you, not probably not. Like,
3: do you let guys sit out and, you know, push your rebuild back?
1: That wouldn't have happened if I'm... They've clearly
3: I, gone in on all of these guys. If, Lou, if they're going to do that, they're going to have to throw money at
1: them. Like Scotty Mack had mentioned, you set a precedence with Nylander. Absolutely. I don't think... I think Lou at the time would have been like, sit, go play wherever you want in Europe. We'll bring in another guy. When you're ready to sign, come talk to me.
0: I don't know the exact numbers, but they were for sure a 500 or below 500 hockey team with William Nylander back in the lineup.
1: Terrible. And they were, they were top of the league for a little bit there in October, November. And then he came back, uh, what was the first or second week of December?
0: Should have let Willie sit, man. I, honestly, I couldn't, I, was agree. Feeling that, yeah. I couldn't agree with Scotty Mack more in that sense.
1: Just because you're then saying, don't screw with us. These are the numbers we can offer you. If you want to go play somewhere else, go. But if you're not willing to play ball, this is going to happen. And they 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 coddled to him. They They signed him for obviously more than they should have. And then all the other players are sitting there and be like, we can do that.
0: Do you guys remember when Kyle Dubas dropped the line, like, we're going to get all these guys signed, and then Brian Burke came out and said, you don't say that? Yeah. I think Brian Burke had a little bit of a point because agents hear that, players hear that, and they know they're beloved in their city. And I think that puts pressure on... I think Dubas put a little bit of pressure on himself by saying that.
3: Yeah. I think he was trying to take... Media pressure off him by saying that, with the RFAs and everything. But then it, he, he his inexperience definitely showed mm-hmm. in terms of how either is handling handling himself in the media compared to how he's handling himself with his team. It's
1: still showing. So.
3: Again, this is not a knock on Kyle Dubas he's, he's done, done some knock. great things he, look at the team. He's kept he's kept
1: kept what kept the guy. I, I mean, mean, losing the first round every year. What do you yeah, mean? Kept well,
0: player? and you bring up a great point. It is that's this year is so big because of what you just said. If they go out in the first round, oh my goodness, this city is going to explode. Yeah. I
1: almost did last year.
0: Yeah. I know. You were at my house.
1: I still remember getting there at the end of the first yeah. and I, like they, they lost and I just walked out. I'm like, All right, I'll see you guys later.
0: Alex always laughs when she's like, Man, I can't believe you guys that won it. I walked in and you guys were just silent. And then Brian just dipped. I snapped the flag off walked. my car and you tossed it. Yeah, I remember that. You just
3: walked out. You're like, all right, boys, see ya. And we're like, all right, bye. Do you
0: guys remember the podcast the night before Game 7? This my, guy's my, my, the most. My hot oh, take shit. of the year. What was so it? Ridiculous. My epic hot take.
3: I said the Leafs are winning Game 7. Uh, like I say 4-0 s- four, four, or something. 4-2, I think I said.
1: The curse of the plug guy. Uh, you even made those predictions before the series yeah. started.
3: Uh, no, I, I said that Boston was going to win the series. We had That's our, right, we you had did say that. Well, so we had the pools, yeah. And I, I picked Boston to win. But I, I picked in, Boston too, right? I picked Boston in six. Yeah. Um, and then I, obviously watching the series, they should have got it done in game six. That's what... Leafs, I mean, but...
1: Game six is what's dejected me the most throughout yeah. the summer. I was at the game. I bought tickets uh, on presale. I brought my cousin who, who, him and I, like he's a bit younger than me. We always, you know, watch games. It was that perfect moment that... Easter Sunday, when right? When I'm like 90... I could say to my great-grandchildren, I remember being at Game 6. It was one of those moments that you'd be like, I was there. Or, you know, can, I was, I,
0: can, I, can I just say, I was so confident in Game 6 because, one, great winning Game 5 in Boston. Huge. And your record is unbelievable when you go to games. Yeah. So I, was, I had so much confidence. I, and when they, they, they scored
1: one nothing, they were up early. I've never heard any arena louder than that in my life. And then, um, what's-his-face took a penalty in their own zone.
0: Oh, yeah. Tyler, Tyler Ennis, Ennis takes Ennis, down yeah.
1: some guy in his own zone for no reason. Boston comes back, pops a goal early, boom, good to go.
0: Since we're on the topic of Dubis, again, not a knock on Dubis. We're just questioning if maybe bringing him in at GM at this critical point in the Leafs, um, the Leafs' time with this group of this crop of players was the appropriate thing. So let's look at the contracts. That have been signed by other teams and their RFAs, and then let's look at Mitch Marners, okay? Because I know this will be a great um, this is a great segue for the conversations we're already having. Brock Besser signs at three years five point eight seven million dollars, it's a bridge deal. Already hurt. Braden Point signs three years six point seven five million, another bridge deal. Matthew Kinchuk signs three years twenty one million, that's seven mil per year. And in case you guys didn't know out there, Mar- Mitch Marner did sign, but he signed for six years, ten point eight nine three. What gives, Kyle Dubas?
1: That's what gives.
0: I brought up a good point.
1: Everyone in my gr- in our in our group, was just ripping me apart because I'm chirping the Mitch Marner contract, and I did the math.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even if these guys like Point Kachuk, so on and so on. Even if after three years they sign for almost fifteen million dollars, if you take that six-year window, Mitch Marner's still being paid more than them.
0: Yeah, do you know what I mean? So
3: he's like sixty-five plus. What would Mitch Marner's bridge deal look like? That's it the, would probably still be more. It'd Be like nine point five. Really, more. right? It'd be three yeah. years,
0: nine something. But yeah. then for
3: two mil, you're locking him up long term.
1: But that's what's nuts. That's a bridge. The point
3: of a bridge deal is it's but a but then far less. R- but then you risk a worse negotiation the next time around you also risk losing the player. Here's the one I understand
0: but I don't understand. Braden Point, 3 years 6.75. I get the 6.75 because no, of the no state tax. They
3: have no cap. So you either, can
0: call it so. 3 years at 8
3: and they had no cap. Okay? So they have to fit him in.
0: Brock Besser. Unbelievable player. He goes below 6 and now Matthew Kachuk which a lot of a lot of people really like because he has the perfect uh combination of Grit and talent goes at seven. And then you know, by us discussing this and what you hear on the radio and the news, Mitch Marner probably f- would have went for three years, nine million, a bridge deal.
3: It's crazy. <laughs> it's, now It really bugs me. So, so, we talk- for, so for $1.8 million per, and you're locking them up longer, what, what matters more to you, term or cap hit? You want a guy you risk losing after three years when you're in the midst of a uh, a cup run? Or None of that. Well, I
0: I think they had to sign him,
3: but th- that, that's part of but his. that's
0: part of the problem. Scotty Max said it so per yeah. so so perfectly. They had to sign Mitch Marner. Why wouldn't you? He's one of the best players in the league. But the guy you had to you know take the hard line mm. with was William Nylander, and you had to go the full distance, and they folded, and that set the precedent for everything else. But no, I don't even think Brian's arguing that they shouldn't have signed Marner. That's not what you're arguing. No, not at all.
1: I agree with them signing. You have to. It bothers me that all of these other RFAs are signing for significantly less. And we can all agree that even if it was a bridge deal, it would still be nine plus.
0: And it comes. Yeah, he's not
1: two or three million dollars better of a player than these other guys. He's just not.
0: And and I think it's easy to say like, okay, guys, you know. Just sit back and enjoy. I will enjoy. Of course, I'll, I'll, once they're I'll, playing, I'll get away enjoy- from- I'm enjoying the season. We better boys. But, but I, I think, as you know, if we're doing a podcast and we're going to take a, and we're going to have a take, and we're going to have a take on, um, on these issues, then we got to take a side. And the side for me is, maybe what Dubis is out know, is a little rich. That doesn't mean he shouldn't sign them. Doesn't mean I won't enjoy them. But you know what? You know what solves everything? Winning, success. Yeah, just
1: honestly, win around, please. I was 12 years old the last time the Leafs won around 12. Oh my goodness, 28 now. So like, we have a friend that just chirps the living hell out of me for not being a fan, quote unquote. I'm just, I'm just bitter. Like that's a lot of years of just being complete garbage.
0: I think someone in your position who um, does a podcast, has a radio show. You have every right to have the opinion that you have. And you know what? Your opinion is shared by a lot of people. It doesn't mean you don't like the Leafs. It doesn't mean um, you're not going to watch them. Not at but all. I, but I think you want them. I think you ask yourself and you question, why are other teams getting bargains and we're just getting rinsed? And it all goes back to this whole, maybe the theme of this podcast. Did Dubis get his promotion too early? Is this something that Lou Lemorello should have handled?
1: 1,000%. And if Dubis was going to walk, let him walk. But Shanahan wasn't ready to take that stance there. And it's really showing now. They weren't willing to let Nylander walk. Didn't want to let Dubas walk. That seems to be the theme of the Leafs
0: 2017 and onwards. It's crazy how fast a half hour goes when you're firing up some Leafs talking. Eh? I could go for four more hours. I think
1: you had mentioned that one time. And I think we said one like Saturday night, we should come in here and just bang off like five hours.
0: After hockey night in Canada?
3: Yeah, maybe like a big big game. Just come in here for five hours. I think we could easily do it. Fire up some brews. Yeah. Uber down here. Oh,
0: that would be nice. After a hockey game and just talk, after like a, after a big loss, because you know the takes are going (laughs) to, because you know the takes are going to be hot. That'd be a good show for Monday morning. The Leafs have, (laughs) uh,
3: they play four games in six nights, so we might have a lot to say after next weekend, that's for sure. Well,
0: get get ready guys, because. It's back, baby. Yeah. Hockey's back. it up. And we all know that you love Leaf Talk. And we're gonna give it to you.
1: So we got to get out of here before we get fumigated. Yeah. What's, Quick plug.
0: What are they fumigating? I don't know. It's like an infestation <laughs> problem. I don't know, maybe we're,
3: we're living amongst rats or something. You know, something. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh boy. Quick plug for the show to end off. Let's do it. Yep. Continue to follow us at purposely underscore offside on Instagram and at po sports talk on Twitter. As always, you can catch our radio show Monday mornings 9:30 930 on 93.3 CFMU. Thanks for continuing to follow us. Thanks for continuing to listen. Like us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your loved ones. We are out. We'll chat then.